Hey folks, Richard Bean here, and I am here to tell you about Bakersfield Observed, the podcast. That's right. Once a week, we'll talk to local newsmakers, politicians, and personalities to discuss issues that affect our community. It's a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County, and it's available at kernradio.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bakersfield Observed, the podcast with Richard Bean, brought to you by Centric Healthcare, Premier Lighting, and News Talk 96.1 and AM 1180. Check it out at Kern Radio. Radio.com. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the new Bakersfield Observe podcast. We record it right here at the American General Media Offices off California Avenue and Highway 99. This podcast airs weekly, every week, usually breaks around Wednesday or Thursday, and it complements the work of the Bakersfield Observe blog. You can access the podcast via Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get it on the kernradio.com website. I'd like to thank my sponsors. That would be Dr. Bridge Bombi and the good folks over at Centric Health. That would be Paul Pavlitich over at Premier Lighting and, of course, Roman over at King Door, where service has the pride of a lion. Okay, today we welcome back an old friend of the show, Mr. Rick Kreiser. He's the owner of Carney's Business Solutions and the founder of the very popular Guitar Masters. It so started off as a one-man operation that has brought quality musical acts to our community for the past eight years. They were in season nine when the pandemic hit. Welcome back, Ricky. It's good to hear your voice again. How are you, sir? Uh, Richard, I'm just fine. Thanks for asking, and it's uh, it's good to be on with you again. It's been some time. It has, and it's been some time because all of our worlds have been turned upside down by this pandemic. And I, you know, I think it's safe to say none of us realized the disruption this damn thing would cause. And and one of the casualties that we all know about has been live music shows, which have virtually disappeared some are coming back you were rick kreiser you were on a roll you had eight years you're in the year nine of bringing top top notch musicians to town pandemic hits talk to me about kind of where we are today are we ready to come back are we where are we now well richard i you know thanks for for the kind words uh you know guitar masters is a great little hobby and We've had a we've had a wonderful run. Uh, we've done 81 live shows, four virtual shows. So, uh, you know we're we're still at it. Uh, but obviously, when you, when your vendor venue's not open, uh, which I we play at the Crystal Palace. I don't play, of course, just host the shows. Um, and uh, so they're getting ready to to open. The question you asked is, are we ready? Are, are, are the people ready for live music again? Richard, I think they're more than ready. I think that's been aptly de- de- demonstrated by some of the crowds you see uh, out uh, in the various venues from a 200-seat uh, 
uh, hall to thousands and thousands. So, yeah, I think we're ready. Are you... Uh You've been waiting for the Crystal Palace to open because that, that's your venue. You haven't considered other places. Well, it, you know, we probably would have if that if if that doesn't open or didn't open again. But that's not the case. They're ready to uh, get started next month, and um, we have a great relationship with the Owens family. They're very kind to us. The artists just love the palace, and so that's our home. You know, uh, Rick, if you could take a moment here for somebody's listening to this isn't really familiar with you and how long have you been in the community and what, what you represent and how how a guy who runs a business office kind of got into to be one of the major, if not the major, <laughs> music uh, uh, producer or, you know, uh, uh, town, uh, in town. Tell me how you got started here. Well, it's an interesting story. I... Uh, um, Back in, oh, I think about uh, early 2000s, you know, I, I just kind of became a real fan of fingerstyle guitar, which is an acoustic-style guitar, and you know many of the finest artists that we've brought through and introduced them to you, and you kind of get a flavor for what I'm speaking of. So, uh, But I realized that I was never going to be that artist, so I started listening to some, and really becoming very uh, uh, admir- just just really lots of admiration for their skill sets. And so, you know, um, one day I I just uh, thought, well, let's find out if uh, this particular artist, our first artist, was a guy named Lawrence Juber, mm-hmm. whom you met. Yep. Um, so uh, wondered if they were touring anywhere. And so it turns out that they play all over L.A. He did in a solo gig. <clears throat> so I went to one of his shows and I asked him if he wanted to come play in Bakersfield. I didn't have a place. I didn't have anything else. I was at a house concert, but I realized I couldn't get 50 people in my living room. So uh, the first show was uh, uh, October 26th, actually, hmm. just a few days and, and a few years ago. Uh, and we uh, we rented the Bell Tower, uh, the Bell Tower Club. And I was there. Now. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had 185 people for that first show. And uh, that really just got my motor running, Richard. It's uh, seeing my friends smile, meeting some wonderfully talented people, and, you know, not doing it for the money. You never have. Uh, It's just something I felt I could do to further our mission of giving back to Bakersfield, Kern County. Um, We do that through the company. But this just became a real passion of mine. And, you know, word caught on. And so uh, we were able to uh, to do all of those shows and some fantastic folks. And I always had, and still do, um, two rules. I've told you these before. And mm-hmm. the first is you don't have to be famous. You just have to be very, very, very good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the second is I'll only hire a jerk once. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Well, you know, but it's so great because, you know, you never know these folks. Some have been here several times, but, Mm -hmm. you know, many times you're you're meeting them first in the lobby of the Padre or, you know, you're meeting them for dinner the night before. You're meeting them, uh, you know, uh, when they pull the bus up. Uh, You never really know them. But uh, I found that the hospitality of Bakersfield, the graciousness of the patrons, the, the fans, if you will, and just treat these folks well. Uh, they are, they, they will just play, you know, the greatest show. And it just delivers what I've always wanted to do is just, 
you know, good quality talent to, to Bakersfield. Uh, Rick, we're talking to Rick Kreiser. Rick, how did you know back in 10 years ago that this town was ready for this kind of live music? And I say that with all due respect to the musical history of Bakersfield, which is deep and wide. I mean, you know, going back to the honky tonks and mm-hmm. the Bakersfield sound. And I, I, I don't want I don't mean to imply otherwise, but what you do by bringing some people in who who may not be household names. It's not like uh, bringing a country act to uh, Robobank or or, uh, or Mechanics Bank, I guess now. But how did 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 you have questions back in the day about is this going to work? Is this town ta- is this town ready for it? Because to my knowledge, other than the bigger acts and the Crystal Palace and that, nobody had done anything like you've done. Well, you can't, yeah, you can kind of trace that back. You've got solo acoustic guitar players was kind of my thing for a long time, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe the first 15, 20 shows uh, that we did. Uh, And, you know, you could say, well, gosh, you can find those folks out at any wine bar or, you know, on a Thursday or Friday or Sunday afternoon um, I just, I just wanted because they're, they're so gifted. Uh, I, I just felt that that they needed a, a platform, needed a stage, needed uh, an audience that appreciates that kind of music. So that's what I focused on. Really, uh, it wasn't just how many tickets can we sell. It's let's get folks that really appreciate this to kind of band together, and it, it worked. Um, and we have some new folks coming in all the time, but we have season ticket holders that. Uh, come to all the shows and so it's uh it became kind of a family yeah what what with what kind of where did you get your confidence that this thing was going to work because again you're bringing in acts that are terrific but perhaps not well known did you know in your heart or was it just a gut feeling that there is there are a core group of people in this town as you proved over the years that are dying for good music and will make this a a going business. I mean, you've got to put uh, you got to put butts in the seat. <laughs> well, you know, losing money on every show isn't isn't the most fun, um, <laughs> which we don't. Uh, you know, on occasion that 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 happens, uh, but we know our limits too, Richard. You know, we we realize you know who we're able to attract and still keep the cost very very modest. Um, but I, I I thought well, there's not really a lot to lose going forward, you know, um, and if the first one had crashed and burned, I may have been dissuaded to, to continue to try. Uh, but just seeing those folks, uh, just told me that there is an appreciation for just excellent quality music and why not me? You know, I, I, I've never considered, you know, going to the Fox for an example, that's over my skis. I still have a full-time job, Richard, you know, uh, <laughs> unlike yourself. Ah, oh, <laughs> unnecessary. Unnecessary. Unnecessary cut. No, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still here in the family business, and this is my uh, uh, keen focus, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but Guitar Masters is a, a real release for me, and the fact that it's been so well-received over the years is kind of testament to other folks like it, too. Can you t- tell me about, uh, I'm always intrigued because we, when I had the radio show, you'd bring these guys 
by mm-hmm. and then and they'd play and they were all terrific and without exception they were all really nice people and polite and appreciative of you and the opportunity that you brought them and these are big names big names again that that maybe if you're listening to this podcast you may not recognize but if you look at their body of work and their resumes and who they've you know played with and uh the who they've been with in the studios it's it's remarkable what have you learned about how these guys live rick and i'm serious about that i mean these these are often are not huge headliners for big shows but uh i mean what kind of it has it been hard booking these guys or are these guys always willing to go on the road well, two things, uh, and let's let's talk before 2020. Um, once you get some, a few shows under you, it turns out that, and and if you deliver well, you know you've got a reasonable audience. The we call it the merch sales. It's you know merch is the new per diem for a lot of folks. You know they like selling their CDs, signing, meet and greet. You know that might be a pause for now for obvious reasons, but. Um, you know, once you've done that for three, four, five shows, I had an artist tell me once, says, listen, uh, people will be beating down your door, and I'm talking about players like me. And I didn't really believe him, but it turns out they all know each other. Hmm. And, you know, if you have a good, um, we'll call it a tour stop, but it's really just, you know, these guys live for, you know, city to city, state to state, because that's their life. And if you can provide a nice respite where they know the crowd's good, they know the bed's comfortable, and they know the company is good as well, then uh, it's you do start to attract folks wanting to play. And, uh, and that's why I always have focused. Uh, I don't worship them, Richard. I just respect them. Yeah. Right. Maybe. And, uh, and it turns out that they're some of the nicest folks I'll, I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And some are still my very good friends. Right. We, we, it, when you started off in this business, of course, you're calling, you know, they answer the phone. You go, this is Rick Kreiser from Bakersfield, <laughs> California. I, you know, nothing against your name and, and the brand that you are. But when you invoke that name Bakersfield, mm-hmm. does that does that have the pull I might think it might? Yes, it does. Um and and to that end, uh, although we've also done shows at, uh, at Kyle Carter's Bakersfield Music Hall of Fame, even before that when it was Studio A, then um, the Bell Tower, the Spotlight, BC, uh, we've been all over town. We're vagrants. But it when we landed at the Palace, uh, it has a magical feel. And when I'm talking to booking agents, which is about half the time, uh, relative to whether you're talking to the artist or the agent, um, you know, they recognize the soul that that place has and what it has meant. So absolutely, and it doesn't have to be a country genre. Uh, you know, obviously, we, it's not all country for us. I mean, we've bought some some real rock and roll over there, too. Uh, but uh, yes, it does have uh, a certain... A certain attraction. You know, I'm always surprised how many times we've had people in here, and I'll ask a a form of that same question about being in the home of uh, of Buck Owens and Merle Haggard and this type of thing. And I'm I'm surprised. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but 
uh, was I just naive? How many times people from other not particularly country artists will talk about the influence of, of Buck Owens? Uh, who, who was the young man on the ukulele? What's his name? You know? His uh, name, yeah, Jake Shimabukuro. Yeah, was talking about how, how Buck had influenced him. Now, it's a totally different type of music, uh, but they, they seem to have a healthy reverence for what was born here and, and what his life and Merle and people like that you know, re- re- represented, no? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've only had one artist, a couple of guys, uh, great guys, that openly said, yeah, we don't get it. Really? <laughs> we don't have any idea who Buck Owens or the Bakersfield Sound is. Really? Who who was that? Uh, well, a couple of guys called the Milk Carton Kids. Yeah, I remember them, right. And, uh, uh, you know, a couple of young guys they out were of L.A. Young. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it was, it was a little shocking, but, you know, that's sort of a generation that uh, may not have, uh, you know, they were listening to somebody else, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But almost everybody else, uh, almost without exception, really, you know, just gets it, gets the contribution that the Bakersfield Sound has made. And, of course, you know, Bob Price's uh, uh, excellent uh, work uh, detailing all of that, uh, it's, it really gets deep, and it's part of our roots. So why not celebrate it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rick, how important is, you've, you're kind of an expert on this, the music industry has gone through such upheaval over the last decade uh, and w- with the advent of the internet and streaming music and people's access to music and how they buy it and how they accumulate it is, has, has changed dramatically. And there are a lot of artists in the begin in, in the middle of this for these guys, the type of guys that you bring in who are the real talents, but perhaps are not as well known as somebody else. How important is this is touring now is is it is it really mandatory to stay? I mean, do, do you have to be on the road? Well, I'll say it this way, Richard. I I have I haven't met an artist yet that got into this craft uh, to make records. You know, they, right, say that again. I well, you know, they, they got into this craft and refined their skills to play live. And, you know, to watch the people smile. Same thing I do when I'm just standing back by the stage and looking at my friends smile. That's what gets their motor running. That's the, that's the feedback that they get. That's why live shows uh, are, are so much different than just listening to the record. You know, there's so much more, uh, so much more going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so touring is, is why they live. You know, now some are, are, you know, have had enough of the road and, you know, they're just doing uh, other things, maybe some uh, local dates and so forth. But uh, touring musicians um, get their get their energy from the crowd. And so uh, uh, not not really from a recording studio. Yeah, absolutely. Rick, when when, when we come back and I know. Do you, do you have a timeline? Do you have an idea of kind of in your head? Because I know you book so well in advance about when, or are you booking now, number one, and number two, when might we expect to see Guitar Masters crank back up? 
Uh, well, the two questions there. Yes, I'm thinking about it all the time. I do talk to folks. It's getting a little bit clearer uh, when we can uh, when we can get the stage back. And I'm uh, I, I can't formally announce it, but I think November 30th is our target. Oh, okay. Um, we've uh, we've made the arrangements with uh, with the artist, and uh, so we're just hopeful that the palace can get everything rolling again. You know, obviously being a restaurant, you know, as a, as a primary trade, yeah, you know, right. they have challenges that, you know, are different than the talent portion. But um, but I have uh, full confidence. I'm hoping that uh, in the next couple of days we can we can announce uh, um, uh, the show. Well, that'd be, that would be awesome. Now, it, it, will will you. Will the protocol for the show be your decision? In other words, whether you 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 require mask or proof of vaccination, is that something that the palace would establish, or something that you, since you rent the palace for your shows, would establish? No, uh, that's going to be a venue decision, okay. uh, and they're going to be guided by whatever the state or county, you know, guidelines are at the time. Um, so, you know, there are there are new rules and regs, uh, you know, things that we have to pay attention to. Um, I've seen, frankly, Richard, I've seen some absolutely ridiculous riders, you know, which are sets of instructions separate from the contract, uh, you know, because uh, why don't you just stay on the bus? Why, why are you <laughs> even on the road? <laughs> you know, uh, I think you can... You know, I don't want to minimize any of it. It's it's not good stuff, but, uh, you know, I've seen some ridiculous ones. And I, I just, you know, we'll just tap the brakes on folks like that, you know, respect their decision. Right. But most of them are just, I don't think we're going to see people shaking hands uh, with the artist uh, after the show for a while. Um, I think there will still be, you know, the, the show will be the show, you know, but... Um, uh, I don't think that the closeness that we've come to know when they're out at the merch table and hanging and talking to you and taking pictures, that might not happen for a while. Yeah, right. Um, but um, it's kind of sad, too, because, you know, as I said, you know, the merch sales are pretty darn important. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Rick, I went to a show at World Records about a month ago. Mm -hmm. Proof of vaccination was required. Almost a full house for an artist named Samantha Fish. Yeah. Uh, I never felt uncomfortable. Uh, you know, they have, you can buy beer there and that type of thing, but it was a pretty good crowd. Uh, most people were not wearing a mask once they sat down. Uh, but I thought it went as well as I guess you, you would expect. Would, would Do you expect out of, you know, you have this core group of followers that you're going to get a lot of people who are just aren't ready to to come out from hiding, so to speak, with this virus? Well, that's kind of what I thought a few months ago. And then I saw the same thing as you did. You know, Pat's had some great crowds. Kyle and his tribute bands have had some great crowds. Um you know, I think people are, are, are ready to come out to the level of their, you know, personal decisions. Um, if they, you know, choose to uh, wear a mask, that'll be a, a palace decision, Richard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and, and again, they'll be, they'll take the guidance of, uh, of uh, county or state 
you know, four venues. But it's a it, we're going to lose about a hundred, hundred fifty seats in the palace uh, from a little redesign. Ah, okay. uh, so it'll be a little roomier. Okay. That's going to be good. Right. <clears throat> um, but that puts us well under the limit of the thousand. Uh, that uh, is currently, I believe, the guidance for requiring uh, proof of vaccination. Okay, all right. Rick, what have you, over the past nine, ten years that you've been uh, playing this game, what have you learned about Bakersfield's taste in music? I mean, you, you you have the stereotypes that we're a cow town, we're a country music town, we're the you know, the, uh, the bright red spot in a, in a dark blue state. You have all the, you know, but you're, you're down on the ground. What if, what, are, are we more sophisticated or not than, than, I mean, where does our taste run? Well, for, for, for my little uh, enterprise, you know, I have seen, uh, I've seen a wide variety of folks that you just wouldn't think are going to be in that audience because you kind of pegged them one way or another, and if you put a really uh, jazzy trio up there, or you know one of the um, uh, one of the harder rock uh, folks that we've brought, you know, and we we don't do the head banging mosh pit stuff like you like, Richard. It's uh, a <laughs> it, it you know it's it's more subdued than that, but okay. uh, but Very just good. more than maybe a one acoustic guitar. <laughs> It's such a variety of tastes that really people crave, hmm. um, and and that's what I see. I see some of the same folks, but I see folks that, you know, just uh, look like they might appreciate a different kind of music, and they're just really getting into the show because the talent is there, Richard. It's it's, it's just so amazing to watch these folks, and you've seen so many of them, you know, when I parade them through your studio on the old days. Uh, um, you know, I, the, the talent just speaks for itself. It's amazing to me when I see these guys come in here, and it's 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 you know, you're here, I'm here. The musicians, there's like four or five of us in this room, and they play a three minute song over the live radio, and the smiles on these their faces, Rick. I, I look at these guys and go, that's somebody who loves what he or she is doing. You know what I mean? And that's I magic, man. Yeah. Well, and and you know to take take that one step farther, just to watch them make stuff up as they go along. You know, they're pleasing each other. <laughs> I mean, they're just saying, "Wow, that was cool. Do that again." And and you know, without missing a beat, you know, they're right. adding new material just as they go along. That's that's what that, that's really fun to watch. Yeah. What do you think when you look? Looking back for your own personal taste, what do you think your your for your taste music? What what was your best show? And then the follow up question is, what was the most successful show for the crowd? Do you think? Well, let's. Uh, I think from a successful show that was kind of a surprise show, um, it was uh, I invited to uh, old guy from a band called traffic uh, dave mason <laughs> and uh and the, the guy that uh, that finished uh sitting on the dock of the bay for otis redding after otis un- untimely death steve cropper uh when they took the stage uh with an excellent band and just played all those great you know english rave hits and mm-hmm. and some of that stole stuff from memphis from steve that was a that was a real special moment 
And then, you know, we've, uh, when we do the Christmas shows, um, right. you know, which we hope to bring back in December, um, with, uh, with the my crank buddy, tones? the crank tones. Yeah. Um, you know, they're all such special guys and they play just, just like a, a tightly woven cap together. Uh, but, uh, when we invite special guests to join them, we've had some great moments, John Jorgensen and Monty Byram knocking out hallelujah, um, just uh, really special moments. So, uh, but everyone's kind of unique, you know, we'll have, uh, uh, Brent Mason and Richard Smith and all Brent, Brent is on about 70% of the records coming out of Nashville and has for years, uh, as a exceptional guitar player. Well, when I called him up and invited him to play for us, uh, he says, yeah, can I play with the Buckaroos? And I said, well, I don't know why not. And so I called my friend Jim Shaw from uh, the Buckaroos, and he lined up uh, Kyle Appleton and uh, Dave Wolf Keeler and Billy Haynes, and uh, they all backed uh, guitar legend uh, Brent Mason. And when he handed it to... Uh, to, you know, tossed a lead, as we'll say, to Kyle Appleton. And, and Kyle looked up to see Brent smile, and Brent is his hero. How special mm, is that? Yeah. You know, a kid is. playing around Bakersfield that just got, got the attention and, and well-deserved attention. He's a really special guy. Oh, absolutely. What, what do you, if you were going to think, outside of the seasonal, like the Crank Tones, the Christmas show, uh, do you have one or two acts, you know, I can bring them back, three times a year and they'll fill the house because they're that popular? Yep, I probably could. I, I like to do no more than one appearance a year, and usually it's a year or two in between, uh, only because there's so many people I want to introduce to our audience. And I love that variety, and they do too. But, a st- you know, an absolute standout is is our friend Tommy Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tommy just commands the stage whenever he's on it. And uh, so that's a special time. And you mentioned, you know, the reverence for the Bakersfield Sound and Buck. The first time I took Tommy to the Palace, and we weren't even playing there uh, that, that time around, the first time he was here, he stood on the, st- on the stairs, and he's, he's just mesmerized by the photographs of so many people mm. that he's had occasion to know. Mm. And in that, it's a very special place to him. And so uh, he always likes to come back once a year, and, and we're always happy to have Tommy. How do you find new acts for this? I mean, I how? Listen, listen to a lot of music. And where, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. Where do you listen to your music? When, well, when you're looking for new stuff, you know, or, or an artist that you didn't know, are there, are there, are there, is there radio, is there Spotify, is there satellite radio, something that where you go? Yeah, kind of like that. I, I, you know, I like to listen to the, um, the radio stations that sort of uh, center on a particular genre, like Americana or something of that nature. I know that there's so much great talent out there. I just like to open my ears and explore. In fact, that's the first, you know, when I went back to Lawrence's first visit here, uh, it was because I heard him play these great Beatle tunes and just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, and one thing leads to another because you see who they've played with, then you look them up, and, you know, what can't you learn with four clicks of the mouse these days? 
Right. You know, it, it's and you get so much variety. So those little radio stations, uh, you know, Apple stations or any of those other sponsored ones, uh, you get just a lot of variety and pretty easy to fast forward if you don't like it and just keep going. It so is, it is through a lot of that and mm-hmm. and uh, just a little research. You said when you started off, you were looking. You that that uh, one of the things that turn you uh, turns you on or. You know the this the mere talent, the finger picking these guitarists that are, are so amazing. Is that still your preference, or are, have you gravitated to more vocalists or people known for that kind of range as opposed to their musicianship, or is it a mixture? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I love a great singer, and uh, so. W- you know, when we get back on stage, we've got plans to present a couple that are, uh, you know, Broadway quality singers. Now, mm-hmm. of course, they're they're backed with a band, mm-hmm. uh, but the vocal talents of some of these, uh, a couple of young ladies, I'm thinking of uh, Sarah Nimitz uh, and uh, Morgan James. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Morgan and a uh, Morgan and Doug. Her husband did a a, a live stream for us uh, in last February. Or this, yeah, just this past February here, because we couldn't get back on stage from from a snowstorm in Harlem, mm-hmm. where they live, and uh, it was a it's just an unbelievable voice, and, uh, and he's quite quite a, uh, a well known uh, jazz guitar player. So you know, a, a lot of that just then I'll look at who she's associated with, and then I'll just keep digging. And, uh, you know, YouTube, of course, has everything you ever wanted to know. Um, Who said Sarah? Excuse me, Sarah Wiggins? Sarah Nimitz. Nimitz. I haven't heard of her. Who is she? Well, she's a young lady, uh, lives in L.A., and um, I've not met her personally, uh, but um, it happened upon her when I was uh, listening to um, a cut on an old B.J. Thomas record uh, called The Living Room Sessions. And it was done about five or six years ago, uh, maybe seven years ago now. Um, and uh, she did a duet, uh, Hooked on a Feeling. And mm. I just loved her voice. And so I just kind of kept looking at her and kind of watching what she's doing. And uh, so you know, she's on the radar. Um, but I, I just I like a lot of different kinds of music, mm-hmm. one of one of my favorites, and I think I brought them in uh, to the studio. But uh, Tuck and Patty, oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, just wonderful, wonderful vocals. And I, so I like a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, one of the things that struck me since you you had this thing going is, I think your 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 shows are immensely affordable. Uh, you talk to me about pricing these things, and talk to me about the market. Is there is there a limit of what you can? I'm sure there is what you can charge to get people in a great venue like the Crystal Palace. And uh, where's the sweet spot with that? Well, that's interesting, Richard. I, I, as I said before, and it's absolutely true. I don't do this for the money. I, I look to try and do as much as we can uh, with the resources we have and keep the ticket cost itself. Uh, very very modest. I mean, uh, you know, thirty-five bucks or so is our average, and uh, it 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 will have to go up uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, when I host their uh, rooms in the local uh, uh, 
hotels, the Padre, for an example. I mean, that's more expensive, and the the lodging, the food is more expensive. Uh, you know, everything's going to be a little bit more expensive. But I would think that our average is going to be forty, forty-five dollars. How much could I charge? Well, in other venues, you know, these guys will command sixty, seventy, seventy-five dollars a ticket. Um, but you know, that's that's not why I do it. You know, I don't do it to lose money. Right. That's not very much fun on a consistent basis. But uh, but it really is just to try and, and cover the cost, treat them right, and uh, just deliver the value in that sense. And, you know, you know one not, other a, thing not you... a real great business model if well, you're in it. Too. <laughs> but you're doing it. I mean, I mean what, what was the original? I mean, w- w- when this idea came to you, Rick, mm-hmm. you, you, you have a family. You're a family yeah. man. You're a businessman. You've got re- responsibilities in the community. You're very active out there. And you thought, well, this is something I'm interested in, I like to do. Was the germ of the idea you just want to break, you just want to break even? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, here's how my math skills worked. You know, the, it was a very simple business model. Uh, it, there was a guarantee for the artist and then against half the house. So... Um, pretty easy to calculate. You take the number of people in the seats uh, times what they paid. You give the artist half. Uh, the other so so the first one was a thirty dollar ticket uh, for uh, LJ at the at the Bell Tower. I gave the Bell Tower ten bucks uh, to you know per person, and I gave him twenty. Mm-hmm. So just do some real quick math. There is there anything left for Little Richard? <laughs> not a lot. Not. So so. <laughs> So I realized pretty quickly that uh, that was not a sustainable model. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we just sort of felt that, you know, if we can make it work at 35, and we've sold some $50 seats mm-hmm. before. I mean, um, you know, because, but, but I also know, you know, where the range is that, I, you know, the folks I'd like to bring. And if, you know, if they're getting, I don't know, 20 grand a night, um, I'm not your guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) You know, and we'll just part that way. Yeah, before I let you go, I have to ask this question because I see, I've known you for a long time, and I I see what joy you get out of it. But when these guys come to town, and many many of whom have not been here, I'm always kind of surprised at some of these bigger acts you bring in who say, oh, yeah, I haven't been here before. They know, they know all our musical history. They know the music. They can play it all but they haven't been here. And you take such pride, Rick, and I'm complimenting you here, my friend. You take such pride in you put them up in the Padre. You put them up in an iconic historic hotel that really speaks to the history of this valley. Then you take them out to lunch. You'll take them to Luigi's or Riccio's or something like that. I mean, you go above and beyond to show... to. You want them to leave, am I not wrong? You want them to leave with a really good impression of Bakersfield, do you not? Absolutely. I mean, why would I give somebody $20 to go try and find a hamburger somewhere because that's what their contract said? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You know, let's let's go enjoy a meal together. I don't I'm not trying to be anybody's best buddy. But, you know, it's just part of the soul of Bakersfield. It's how I'm treated. It's how you're treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not extend that and just, you know, make the artist feel welcome besides the fact they're being paid and, and people are going to clap. Uh, they'll sell some CDs. 
you know, round out the experience. In fact, one of my favorite things, Richard, is, you know, to take them out to uh, to a high school, do a do a guitar class, do a workshop. Really, uh, I didn't know yeah, you did that. I mean, that. I had uh, uh, when we had Chris Hillman uh, and John Jorgensen and Herb Peterson came to town, the Desert Rose Band. I think you were at that show. We did the show up at BC, but before the show, I took uh, took Chris up to BC, and he he delivered a lecture because the course there was actually a course on the history of rock and roll going on. I had no idea. Well, they were the the, the uh, Robbie Martinez was the was the instructor, and he said, "How weird is that? Because we're on the period of the Sunset Strip." No. <laughs> so I put a guy in a chair on the stage. <laughs> Who was there? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so it was just one of those moments that said, wow, this is pretty cool. And uh, and you know, we'll, we'll go out, and I've taken uh, our friends uh, Acoustic Idol on, uh, uh, Hannah and Joe. Uh, we did uh, just took them down to the halls of Mercy Hospital in the oncology ward and, you know, just played a little cello and some acoustic guitar, oh, trying to make make it a little better for folks. That's all it is. Um, you know, but that's that's my favorite thing. Right. Just get them plugged in. Uh, they love doing it, um, and and but, and, but and, you know, if you just meet them at the, you meet them at the bus outside or their rental <laughs> car, you know, and you drag them into the palace and you know, uh, get them on stage, get them off stage, say goodbye. Eh, that's not me. And you, Ricky, you mentioned it earlier. You said they all know each other, oh, and yeah. when people you know, come to a town like this and they're treated well like that. That word gets around, doesn't it? Well, clearly. And it also gets around if it's not the case. Yeah. So you just, you know, it, it isn't about a scorecard. It's really just about just trying to do what's what you would expect people when they're when you feel welcome in their towns or their venues or wherever it is. Uh, just go the extra mile. It doesn't cost much. It doesn't take any extra effort. You just have to have the mindset that you're going to make these people feel welcome. And there's there's nobody that I can think of that would tell me no if they're back on the road and they're invited. I mean, tell me no for reasons that they just didn't like it. Right, you know? right. Uh, Rick Kreiser, it's been terrific talking to you. Rick Kreiser of Guitar Masters, disrupted by the pandemic. Rick broke a little news here, Rick. You're saying maybe we might have a show November 30th. Is that correct? Okay, Richard. November 30th, Jake Shimabukuro. Nice. Is uh, coming back to play. Just unbelievable show. Um, This is set? Is this set? Yeah, it's set. Excellent. I'm just just a little tentative, but uh, we'll we'll get it done. Okay. Okay. Well, Uh, let me know. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, that's that's at the palace. At the palace. Okay, on the on the thirtieth. And yeah. can we assume that, uh, you know, Katie barred the door? That you know, from you know, that there's not another spike that we're going to have the crank tones in December. December ninth. <laughs> of course. <laughs> See, it all happens here. I get it all out of here. Right yeah, now. you yeah. get it all out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's it. You know, we've been kind of trying to plan these, and and you know, obviously. Uh, we're excited about it. Uh, you know, somewhat tentative in my mind, but let's just put the concerns aside and let's do it. Terrific. 
uh, Rick Kreiser, everybody. Rick, thank you for joining me. I will see you on the 30th. That is great news. Live music coming back. Rick Kreiser, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rico. Thank you, buddy. Hey, folks, Richard Bean here, and I am here to tell you about Bakersfield Observed, the podcast. That's right. Once a week, we'll talk to local newsmakers, politicians, and personalities to discuss issues that affect our community. It's a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County, and it's available at kernradio.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bakersfield Observed, the podcast with Richard Bean, brought to you by Centric Healthcare, Premier Lighting, and News Talk 96.1 and AM 1180. Check it out at kernradio.com.